your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, everybody? John, what's up, man? How, How are you, you brother? I'm excellent today, you know? Just I feel like a... we've been slacking a little bit on podcasting. Well, we've got episodes yeah, going out. we got episodes. We just haven't recorded as frequently as we normally right, would, right? right? Uh, well, we've got a great guest in store today. Tom Schwab is an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a podcast interview and marketing. all around great fella. Great guy, right? And he's also the founder and CEO of Interview Valet, which we proudly hang their little... What are they called? Door hangers? Door hangers, yeah. Door hangers Please signs. do not disturb Please the recording. recording. All around our office. He's here today to talk to us about how being interviewed on targeted podcasts will help you get more traffic, more leads, and raving customers. And fun fact, Tom is a customer here at Beefy Marketing, so we're extra excited to have him on. Tom, welcome to the show, man. Andrew, thank you for having me here. Uh, so excited to be here. So we always kick things off with a bit of an icebreaker. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Ice icebreaker. What's up? <laughs> All right. Tom, if someone came up to you and said, Hey, do that thing you do, what thing would pop into your head first? Whoa. Probably yeah. be pontificating about something, right? I, I'm the world's renowned expert on my opinion. So nice. if, if you ask it. me yes. a question, uh, <laughs> brevity is the mark of wit. I've never been known to be witty, right? I'll pontificate. I love it. That's great. John, what about you, brother? I'd probably do... You, you remember Mad TV? Yep. That show way back? And I love that. You remember the character Stuart? Yes. The, the look what I can do? Yeah, how about you do it? I, I think my... <laughs> I think my first initial reaction is just to do something weird like that. Just look what I could do. Just do something random. Or I'd probably bust out in song. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're a singer. You're a musician. That'd be the thing I would do. People, I guess Marcus, Maybe that song, That Thing You Do, that, which is oh. one of the greatest made up musical stories ever. Yes. I love it. Yeah. It's a good one. Mine is always the uh, Don LaFontaine. Oh. So anytime we're on the podcast with Marcus, we do mm -hmm. the Team Never Quit podcast with Marcus Luttrell. He always... He'll get mad at me sometimes when I do the intro and be like, stop, start over, do, do it do, again, do the thing this summer, one man, you know, yeah. he has got to hear it. I'm not even that good at it, but, <laughs> but Marcus, you know, thinks it's the best thing ever. And so I'm not going to let Marcus down. No, you got to do I'll it. I'll do yeah. it. Great, great question. Well, I'm excited, Tom, to have you on because we got a chance to meet, I guess it's been, has it been two years now? No, I think we're just coming up think, on a year now. Or one, or just a year. Okay. One year that that whole COVID time thing messes changed up. Yeah, yeah, really, it makes it yeah seem longer or I've shorter time, depending on which way it works. I've lost time, gain time. We met in Nashville at Podcast Movement, which is something I've been going to. This will be my if I go this year, that'll be my third year you, I've you, gone. You should go this year and take me. Oh me. yeah, John wants to go, and it's in Austin, so it's right down oh, the road. That's perfect. Yeah, you know, for us we can go right. And I met your wife first, I think, actually stopped by the booth and I told her kind of the podcast that I worked for with Marcus Luttrell. And then she mentioned to me that you were a, a Navy veteran 
And so we just like hit it off and we got a chance to connect and we had a lot of great conversations that week. So excited to have you on here. Uh, it, it's amazing the people that you meet either virtually or in real life. And sometimes you can't remember, did I meet them in real life? It's not until you meet them and it's like you give them a hug and you're like, I had no idea they were that that height. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't know how fat I am until they meet me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm working on it, okay? Every single day I'm in the gym. I'm doing my thing. You are, you are. I'm working on it. I'm not eating healthy just yet, but I'm working on that too. Tom, obviously my intro did not do your background justice. Would you mind sharing maybe a bit more of your story, your background, maybe even your service with our listeners? Well, when you ask somebody with gray hair, that can take up the entire podcast. Hey, we'll take it. (laughs) Hey, this is a Joe Rogan type show. Let's do it. With that, I got into the U.S. Naval Academy on a technical error. I have no depth perception. But this was way before electronic medical records. They didn't figure it out till my senior year at the academy. By that time, they had invested enough money. The taxpayers needed to get the return on investment. They were going to so kick you out at that point. for <laughs> five years, I was a nuclear power officer on board at USS Abraham Lincoln. At the time, it was the newest, newest and best. Now it's just the best. And so I ran nuclear power plants. And it taught me so much about life, right? So now even in business, as people go, well, you don't understand. My business is is too complicated. I could never teach it to anybody. I could never document it. It's like, dude, right now, there are 20-year-olds with a high school education highly motivated, highly trained, highly intelligent than are running a nuclear power plant. If you can't figure it out, it's because you're not smart enough. It's not that that it's so complicated. And that's one of those things that I took all through my life as I looked at in the corporate world. Then I started my own company, built that one up and sold it. It was inbound. We built it up with inbound marketing, HubSpot's first case study. And now what we're doing now, which is basically inbound marketing, but instead of using guest blogs that worked 20 years ago, we're using targeted podcast interviews and we're doing it with a remote team, you know, 35 people in in uh, North America and Europe. That, that is, is so awesome. Cool. Would you say, was there any specific experience that you had in the Navy that you feel like helped you kind of in entrepreneurship and in business? Yeah. Like any of your training that kind of directly translated? To me, I think it was the the observation I had from being on an aircraft carrier. And you'll hear me say this so many times, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And so you could always tell when somebody was new on the aircraft carrier. You know, they would climb all those ladders, which Navy for, for stairs, right, to get up there to Vulture's Row to watch the planes take off and land. And you do that for your first couple of days. And then after a while, you're like, I'm not walking all the way up there for that. You know, I'm a nuke. I don't see sunshine. And so you'd get off there and people would go, wow, do you watch Do you watch the planes? And you just realize what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. You, you talk to so many people that what they do every day in life, everybody else is just amazed by. And to them, it's just ordinary. So I've always looked at that as a, a great way to learn from other people. You know, what they know is amazing to me. And also to realize that my zone of genius is so, so small that I'm going to talk with other people, have those conversations, because it's just instead of learning from my mistakes, you know, anybody that says you should learn from your mistakes, I don't know if it's a sadist or a masochist, right? No, that's painful. 
I want to learn from other people's mistakes, have those conversations and figure out what is ordinary to you, but is amazing to me. Yeah. I think that's really, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned like all the 20 year olds running the nuclear power plants too, because Marcus on his podcast always jokes with the fact that like there are literally full sized cities, you know, these ships floating around that are the captain is 19, 19. you know, 20 years old. And you're just like, whoa, (laughs) that is crazy. Like if you don't think that, you know, the young folks can handle it. I know it it almost makes me think like, are we underselling what we're capable of as young people or what our young people were capable of? I think even in our businesses, if you challenge your team members, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll raise to that, uh, uh, to the standard you challenge them to. Yeah. And and I think also as leadership, you know, the vein in which you're moving forward, that's what they're going to follow. They're not going to move ahead of their leadership. Definitely not. So when did you transition from Navy life into, well, I mean, it, you, I'm guessing you didn't go straight to podcast marketing. There was, there was a couple of uh, steps in between that, right? There was some steps in there. And so my year group, my commitment was up just after the evil empire, right? The Soviet Union collapsed. And it was a bad time to be in the military, right? I had done everything I wanted to. And all I could see is, oh, there's going to be uh, budget cuts. There's going to be other things. By that time, I was I was married with two kids. I loved the job. I loved deploying, but it was really, really tough on the family. And whenever anybody says, oh, thank you so much you know, for your service, I'm like, hey, I had fun. Thank the families that have to stay behind. So I decided that the best thing to do was to go to a steady job, right? And so when I left the Navy, I can remember my dad saying that I was a fool, right? Why would you leave? It's a steady job, right? Well, I wanted to do something else. So then I went to work for corporate America and went from one big company, Department of Defense, right, to another big company. It was a Fortune 500 company. And I just wasn't happy in there. I, I felt like I was on a ship again, right? If if you weren't in the same building as me, I didn't know you. I wanted to get out there. I wanted to sell. And I remember when I told my dad that I was leaving a great corporate job that I was getting promoted at. He called me a dang fool or Ooh. something to that, uh, yeah. that effect. <laughs> yeah. May not have been that nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he was very, very direct with it. Yeah, yeah. But I looked at it and I thought, no, this is what I want to do. So I went out, took a straight commission sales job, did really, really well with that, went with sales management, ended up owning my own distributorship, right? But still, I told, called myself an entrepreneur, but I had one supplier. And 2008 came. Well, 2008, the, uh, the manufacturer came and said, we want to cut out the middleman, which makes a whole lot of sense until you look in the mirror and you go, hey, Wait a that's second. me. Like middleman. The middleman. <laughs> And they took good good care of us. They did everything right. But we had a, a sideline product, and it was durable medical equipment rental, right? And we were just doing it in Michigan. And I talked to my, uh, my wife, and we knew that we were doing good with it, right? Because half the units would come back with thank you notes. And we're like, how can we scale this up? And with that, we had looked and said, you know, 2008, I don't want to do brick and mortar. So I had read a book by two smart guys out of MIT, uh, Brian Halligan and Darmesh Saw, who went on to form HubSpot and r- reached out to them and said, hey, has anybody ever used this for e-commerce? And they're like, uh, no, but it should work. I'm like, I think so too. Let's give it a try. 
And uh, so it worked. We went from a regional player to a national leader, sold the company, and learned how to do inbound marketing. And so about 2014, I, I was listening to some podcasts and thought, well, why couldn't you just use podcast interviews like the way we use guest blogs? And made sense to me, tested it. The results we got were amazing. And at first I thought, oh, it's it's a fluke. It's It's the niche. It's the personality. Tested it. I didn't want to start another company. So I, I did a cheesy little PDF to tell you how to do it. And I did a little course and never took the course out of beta, right? Because I could see nobody was using it. And the people that were honest with me said, you know, I just want to be the guest. Why don't you take care of the rest? And I'm like, that's a good tagline. So we beta tested it. It worked so good in uh, beta that we took it out and uh, launched Interview Valet in 2016. It's now grown to uh, serving about 200 clients at a time. Got uh, 35 team members. About half of them are military spouses. Wow, and, that's so uh, cool. Just cool. really, really enjoy it. Now, did you – obviously, you kind of shared a little bit about Interview Valet there, but did you start it out of a necessity for your own self or for one of your customers or relationships you had or did you just see an opportunity there? It really started out of people asking me. So I, in my what I call my sabbatical phase, I was in a mastermind in Nashville, and a couple of the guys there said, "Hey, could you help me with my digital marketing?" I'm like, yeah, sure, I've done that before. And this was 2014. And I said, well, "Write some guest blogs." Well, even in 2014, blogs weren't working. And you know, for most business owners, when you tell them write a blog, it sounds like a homework assignment, right? But it was so much easier to say, hey, you know, you want to get on an interview and talk about your company, talk about your industry, how you see things going. For them, that was fun. That was easy. And so really, it started for just trying to help some friends. Meanwhile, I was starting my HubSpot marketing agency in 2013. Yeah. And uh, blogs was still all the uh, what we were being told and taught that we should be doing for our customers, which... You know, would have been it would have been nice to have known you back then. I might have been a little <laughs> bit further ahead in my journey, Tom. But uh, that's kind of crazy too that you you really were kind of early adopter of HubSpot and their technology. It sounds like is that right? Very much so, and I'd even say more than the technology, the philosophy. Right, the world is ch is changing. You don't need to go out and and pester people. You don't need to to spam everybody. Why don't you just put great content out there? And guess what? It's going to attract the right people and it's going to repel the wrong people. And uh, I see that more and more. Um, the philosophy that I bought into in 2008 is still still working today, is stronger than ever today. But yet I still see people doing these tactics that just don't work. They spend a lot of money on it, but I don't think it's serving their business or the clients. Yeah, we, we talk about that quite a bit, about being targeted in everything you do. And I, I find it interesting that, you know, in this digital age, we still end up kind of doing the shotgun method of marketing and the old school tactics, you know. It, it's kind of interesting to me that we do that still instead of something more targeted like a like a podcast interview, you know. Well, I would even say in the, the podcast being more targeted. Right. right now, there's if you look at the numbers, there's 2.6 million podcasts. Of those, only 400,000 have 
published in the last 30 days, right? That are yeah, active. That, that blows my mind too, that there's so many podcasts without content that's consistent. Yeah, that just die off. And yeah. I, I still hear people giving bad advice or repeating bad advice and saying, oh, you just need to be on more podcasts, more and more. I'm like, why don't you just target, you know? Yeah. More is not better. Better is better. Absolutely. You, know, do you want to just speak to more people? Well, if you just want to speak to more people, be the crazy guy in New York City that yells at everybody. <laughs> Go out yeah, on the street exactly. corner and get your soapbox. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's not getting any customers. You know, why don't you be more smart, smart about it and be very targeted, strategic and go on that podcast, you know, get introduced by the host and speak to the right audience. It's it's like these people that say they want to go fishing and they know fish are in water. They try every pool in town and say fishing doesn't work. Fish aren't in swimming pools, right? Uh, maybe maybe you should find a, a different target. Yeah. Just because it's water does not mean you're, you're, your fish is there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great analogy there. It is. I, I got a loaded question for you. If you could spend just $1,500 a month on content marketing, uh, would it be on blogs, social media, or podcasting? I would make the most out of it. So I would, I believe all of the above strategy. So here's how I would do it, and here's how I do do it, right? I'll go on a podcast interview, right? We'll talk like this, then transcribe it, right? So right now, I really haven't spent a whole lot of money. I haven't spent any money spending more time. Now I'm going to get someone that's much smarter, much more talented, much more adapt at at writing and at social media. And I'm going to take that content and give it to them and say, could you write some blogs here? Could you cut this up and to make some videos out of it? Could you find, you know, back in the days when a a tweet was 140 characters. Can you find 140 characters of genius in here and and make me look smart? And so I'm going to repurpose that because I think one of the things that's neat about content today is that you can create in the way that's easiest for you and then repurpose it in the way that's easiest for other people. And even on a podcast, you put a podcast up on YouTube. Is that still a podcast? Sirius XM has bought podcast networks right now for content. If you hear me, you know, on XM radio, is that still a podcast? I don't know. I don't care. As long as people hear me. So I would just say I'm going to I'm going to repurpose what I can do easiest with that money. I love that. We've done a lot of episodes on yeah, the taking, power of repurposing mm-hmm. content uh, because it is so important and we really have like broken that down into just how much you can get out of one Right. One piece of like this one podcast will be social graphics. There will be social content. There will be blogs. There will be transcriptions. There will be small micro short videos that we can take just like bite sized clips. Then there will be the full length YouTube video, right? There's so much that you could pull from this. And this episode. Any video quote clips that you pull, you can turn that into text and you got a meme or a post, you know, just a graphic post right there. Absolutely. Yeah. You can take the same content and break it down and create ebooks and lead Mm -hmm. magnets and. You know, there's yeah. so much that I, you can do. I with love it. the way you said that. Find where your avenue of creation, where you're comfortable, and create there, and then distribute it out to others where their avenue is creative. Yeah, you know? and that's the best way to do it. You're right. That's super powerful because I think so many people are educating on the importance of TikTok and Instagram Reels, or and, yeah, follow this strategy, follow this and, trend, and it's like. If you feel confident in that arena, yes, it's a powerful platform. But if you 
if you feel comfortable there, absolutely work on it. But if you don't, don't waste your time in an arena that you're likely not going to invest a lot of your time because you just don't feel comfortable. Or avenues that frustrate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like for me, a blog is a homework assignment, but talking is easy. And I think most business owners, the most valuable thing they have is their time, right? So if you can take 45 minutes and then hire hire agencies, get an, an intern, whatever it is to repurpose that content, that's where you're going to get the leverage out of it. And often we get people that come to us and say, I, I want to do more interviews. And the first thing I'll ask them is, well, what are you doing with your current interviews? You know, why would you want to do more interviews if you're not even promoting or repurposing them? You know, it's like uh, saying, I want to go on more dates, you know, to, to find the perfect bride. Well, what are you doing now with the dates? You know, more, once again, more is not better. Better is better. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, man, that's I, know, so, I love that. Better is better. That, you need to yeah. realize that. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Don't try to be, you know, Joe Rogan if you're not, or your podcast format isn't going to go there because it's just, you know, different audience or whatever. Yeah. Don't try to be who you're not. I think it's most important that people realize that, you know, spend time where you can. One of the things we've even taken the the kind of the flip side beyond even what can you get from a podcast. We've had clients come to us and say, well, how can I start a podcast? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you've blogged for the last five years. Mm -hmm. You have all that content that's been created and written. That that is a, a format for a episode right there. Right. And then you can leverage experts and and guests to, you know, because there's two sides, even to your business, you know, the side where you help podcast guests find podcasts to be on. But I believe you also help podcasts find guests that would be a good fit for their shows. And so there's two kind of two sides of, of this, you know, where you've got creators who are looking for quality content to create. And then you've got guests who are just not utilizing or leveraging the content they already have. And it's a really a win-win there. It's almost a somebody called it was a dating service. Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah a little bit yeah, like connecting kind of. yeah. connecting the right people. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I hate the word pitch. Okay, you're not supposed to hate. I loathe <laughs> the word love. pitch. I know yeah. where it comes from. But you know, you introduce human beings, and there's gotten to be so many robo pitches out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I advise people: why don't you build a relationship? Reach out to the host, talk with them, and they're like, "Well, it's not scalable." It may not be scalable, but I can tell you one thing. It's effective. Oh, yeah. And that's what you're looking for. If you want to grow your business, be more effective, not just do more. Yeah, because I get get a lot of the robo pitches and I I just trash it because it seems so fake. And the one I've been getting lately that's really frustrating me is this one where somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, we would love to feature you on our podcast. And you respond and say, oh, absolutely. I'd love to. And then they say, cool, the first five minutes is free. And then 30 minutes costs this much for you to be on and an hour costs this much for you to be on. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. That's not for me. That's definitely something. On that topic, what do you think about that? Like, what is that a good strategy for podcasts? That's it's There's a name for it. And the guy that's out there teaching it calls it the Trojan podcast. So there's two versions of it. One is, hey, would you like to be on my podcast? You know, and if you want an extended interview, it costs this much. If you want front of the line, it costs this much. If you want me to promote it, it costs this much. And they always greatly, I mean, greatly inflate their reach, right? They'll say, this is how many, this is how many downloads, this is how many listeners we have. If you actually look at the data, they don't. The other one is, of the Trojan podcast is inviting people on and all they're trying to do 
is is talk with you learn about your company so that they can do a sales pitch, get you in the funnel. It tends to be a very formulaic, quick, you know, 30 minute, maybe a a 10 minute pre-call with someone. And then you get in with the quote unquote closer for a 20 or 30 minute interview. And it's more of a sales pitch than anything. In the industry, it's referred to as a Trojan podcast. And it's really, it's really hurting the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So I, I have kind of a phrase that I feel like I've, I think I even mentioned it to you on one of our early conversations, Tom, that I feel like I've kind of coined and I don't talk about it a lot because I don't want somebody to snag it. Eventually would like to make a book from it. But the idea was several years ago, I actually had this thought of podcast prospecting and to some extent, it follows the you know Trojan podcast men- methodology, but not not like that. Like, so we have another podcast that we created, and the idea was we wanted to create a platform for small businesses to tell their stories, and that is a hundred percent authentically what the show is. However, we are interviewing small business owners. We are having conversations with business owners we would have likely not had conversations with prior, you know, because it would we, it would have been a cold call or a cold pitch where now we're able to kind of follow up with them weeks after their episode and be like, hey, like, we really had a great conversation with you. Here are the analytics from your show. It was received very well. We'd love to talk to you sometime about what you're doing for your marketing. And so it's a little bit different of a, an approach. I think it's for us, it was about building, just building a rapport with small business owners and truly giving them a platform to drive new revenue. And it's it's been extremely effective, not just from the way we get business from it, but truly for the people that we've had on. I I just went to my chiropractor and she was like, I've got to tell you something. And I was like, what's that? She's like, I got my first ever client from the podcast. She's like, they wrote it on the piece of paper. How did you hear about us? You know, the podcast. And I was like, that is so cool. Like that the podcast is doing what we set out for it to do. So what is your thought on podcasts? Having some intention to sell behind the scene. I think it's all the intention and the heart that's done with it, right? So you come with the heart to serve, to build that relationship, right? You're not just recording the podcast and never putting it out there or never promoting it. You're, You're trying to build a relationship with content. And I think that's a great thing to do. Right. And so you're going at about it the same way. I think of a, there was a, a gentleman, Grant Baldwin, years ago, he had a podcast and now he runs a place called the Speaker Lab. And I remember early on asking him, so what's your monetization plan with with this? And he's like, I've got no monetization plan. There's no business plan. He wanted to go out there and meet people get known. And it's amazing that exposure brought opportunity. So I think from that perspective, why wouldn't you do it? It makes a whole lot of sense. I think it's the way your heart goes about it. Are you trying to use and abuse people or are you trying to build a relationship with them in there? And especially, heck, you know, you guys are near Austin. All the all the neat people are down near you, right? I'm in Cal I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. How am I going to talk and meet the people, right? There's a couple uh, there. The the answer is move to Austin, but this is home. This is where family is. So no matter where you are through a podcast, being a guest, being a host, there are ways that you can connect. And even in the midst of COVID, we had a lot of corporate clients that came to us and said, we've got, we've got a number to hit and there's no way that we can travel. There's no way we can do the conferences podcast guesting seems like the way that they could 
connect with their ideal customers. And it worked great for them, probably even better during COVID because people were at home listening. Yeah. I think there was a big boom when COVID first hit of podcasting and, you know, especially your live, you know, meetings coming up, your live Zoom calls or whatever, or your pre-recorded kind of, you know, fake live webinars. Yeah. But yeah, I think COVID actually helped podcasting because like you're saying, it gave it gave a better platform. It it stopped people and we were focused and where can we do things and podcasting was one of those realms. And yeah, we saw a lot of guests come in. We saw the Zoom thing kind of kick off with Zoom guests and podcasts and that like you're saying, it's amazing to be able to connect with you being up in Michigan right now. That's that's awesome that we're down here in Texas and you're up there and we're having a great conversation. I love that. And technology should be that, you know? We've had a lot of clients that have become a lot more comfortable with podcast guesting, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody is an extrovert that wants to get out on stage and, you know, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? I don't want to talk on Zoom. Two years later, everybody's used to Zoom. Right, right. it's the standard. So to jump on a podcast interview, it's not um, weird. And talk with somebody is just so normal now, and I think it's helped podcasting go to the next level. But I also think it's helped guests go to the next level. I agree. That just gave me a thought because something that I've heard a few clients of ours say, you know, regarding that whole being nervous to talk or speak or being introverted or not, they'll say that. You know, when they first started doing the podcast, they were nervous, they were anxious, they didn't really know what to expect. But now after doing it for months, it's more like a form of therapy for them where they're excited to go podcast because they're about to get something off of their chest. Have Have you noticed anything like that with people you've worked with or even with yourself? I'll speak for myself and share my experience. All right, yeah. It's, it's like therapy, right? So- I don't come with any talking points. Wherever it goes, it goes. I'm an open book. And I don't listen to all my interviews, but my bride does. And there are times where she'll say, you were tearing up on that, weren't you? And I'm like, yeah, they asked, you know, some question. And, you know, I, I talked about my dad and he's been gone now almost 20 years. Yeah. And just to think about that or to work something out, uh, I think that's that's very, very powerful. And mm-hmm. podcasts, the whole idea of podcast interview, I think that's a misnomer. It's not an interview. It's a conversation. Absolutely. And so people should come ready to to share ready ready to have a conversation you know nobody wants to listen to hey here's my five ways to do this and you know <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you asked here's my bullet points that's stupid right it's definitely not shareable it's not something that i will talk about afterwards so to me i think it's it's good and therapy the one thing i do warn people about though is don't discount it just because it's a zoom call And let me give you an example here. If you guys invited me to come down to Austin to talk on your stage in front of, I don't know, you say 100, 100 live people right there, you better be sure that I'm going to show up on time, prepared, looking good, knowing who the audience is, prepared. I'm not just going to walk in and, you know, jeans and a ripped up shirt and go, don't worry, I've done this a million times. I'll just wing it, right? Because it would be disrespectful to you. It would be disrespectful to the audience. And you know what? It would probably be embarrassing to me, right? But how many people show up as a podcast guest now 
And I heard somebody on give this advice. Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out while you're on there. Just keep doing lots and lots of interviews. It's like, no, that's disrespectful to the host. It's disrespectful to the audience. And you know what? If I show up at a live event there and embarrass myself, the only people that are going to see it are those hundred people in the room. You do that on a podcast interview, that's recorded. That's out there for for your your library of people to look at. And I think there's a lot of people that shoot themselves in the foot because they start podcasting or podcast guesting, and it's an embarrassment. They're like, well, I'll get better. Well, no, you're going to get judged by that. And then they wonder why hosts say no to them. Why? Because they listened to your last episode and you sounded awful. You weren't prepared, all the rest of that, and uh, you get punished for it, and rightfully so. Yeah, if you don't have value to bring as a guest, there's it's going to stop short. You know, after mm-hmm. a few people see you as a guest, they're going to, eh, we don't want this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because people, regardless of if it's a free vertical or not, yeah, I don't want to put content out that does not deliver value to my listeners. Right, it's right? got to be valuable. You know, there's a lot of people that want to be on the podcast. You know, a lot of, I mean, so we, we produce, I mean, between, between Team Never Quit and the podcast that we produce here at Beefy, I mean, we're producing, you know, multitudes of podcasts and we've got a lot of people reaching out to be guests and I've got to really qualify whether those people are a good fit or not. Let me ask you this, Tom, why do you think podcasting is important for entrepreneurs and business owners in the first place? I really believe today that the biggest problem every business owner has is obscurity, right? I don't care what product you have or what service you have. It could be version 1.0. There's still people out there right now that are praying for what you have to offer, right? And the reason they aren't buying from you is because they don't know you exist. And as a business owner, I think it's really easy for us to go and say, well, I'm going to I'm gonna change this. I'm going to optimize this without getting people's feedback on it. And if we would just go out there and, and talk about it, we would get the feedback. You know, for some customers, they would hear us and say, no, it's not for me. And that's fine. Those aren't the ones that you want to serve. But there's somebody that's listening to you that will look and say, wow, they work with people like me. This solution is perfect for me. I want to work with them. And so I'm really big into digital automation, right? I, I, I love that. But this idea that, oh, you just one funnel away, I think that's hurting a lot of people. I, I think it could be hurting a lot of businesses. Remember Bill Troy that wrote a great book called Clicksand, How Digital Marketing is Ruining Your Business. He pointed out that whales don't swim through funnels and big fish don't click. And so if you're going for larger clients, if you're going for more of a relationship sale, you're going to have to have conversations. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're self-conscious. Maybe we're, we have imposter syndrome. Maybe it's just not comfortable, but that's what the business needs. We need to go out there. We need to talk about our business. We need to get in front of our clients. And for some people, they're comfortable on stages. You know, other people are, are comfortable doing social media. But I think one of the easiest, most scalable, and most powerful ways is through podcasting. A hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely a format that I've grown to love, again, from podcasts that we do internally to podcasts that I've been featured on. 
it's just become something I'm excited about. Yeah, I don't feel very really confident to get on stage unless camera. I'm in kind of in a panel setting. I like panels because I feel like I'm just contributing to a conversation. It feels like podcasting, right? Like I'm having a conversation with a, a multitude of people on stage. Uh, I don't like being the guy who's pitching, right? Like I don't like being the guy that's like, even when I go to like networking events and you have to do like, you know, 15, 30 second elevator pitch, I'm like, oh, I do not want to do that. Like I do not want to sell myself at all. I want to get to know other people. I want to get to know their stories and what what makes them tick and see what I can do to to actually, you know, help them out. So this is an important question. How do you craft as a guest on a podcast, how do you craft your messaging so you can actually get new business from podcasts? First of all, you know, there's the old thing, content is king but context is god. So no Know who you're talking to, right? Small G. So pull, pulling back behind the curtain, what I just talked about, you know, if you're a business owner, these are the things that you're looking at. I didn't say if you're an author, right? Because this isn't a podcast focused on the authors, right? So using examples, talking to the audience there. The other thing too is that you want to help people and just by talking, it's not going to help them, right? You're not that good of a communicator. You can't fix everybody's problems in 30 minutes, right? So give them ways to help them. And that's really moving them from being just a passive listener to an active visitor to an engaged lead. Now, every digital marketer knows you only have one call to action. And we have tested this over and over. HubSpot's even looked at the data. One of the things on podcast interviews is to give people three ways to say yes. You know, a small yes, a medium yes, and then the heck yes. And you can work them into the conversation. So at some point, you know, talk about inbound marketing. I could say, you know, we've got a a free assessment, 10 questions. Will it work for you? Get a score, right? Everybody wants that. It doesn't take them much time, but it gets them back to the website to look around. All right, that's a little yes. I always say when people mention my book, I'm not trying to sell the book, right? I sell a lot of copies, but I'd rather give it away. And so if anybody ever mentions my book on a podcast, I'll say, I'm not here to sell the book, right? If you want a free copy, come back to this this page here and you can get a free copy of the book. Now that's a medium yes. It doesn't cost any money, but time is precious, right? So if somebody actually wants the book and to read it, that would be sort of that, here, here's how I can help you. And then finally, the heck yes, is if if somebody hears you and they're like, wow, Beefy could really help me. They work with people like me. I like these guys. Well, don't slow them down in a funnel, right? So tell them, you can come back here, click here to do a discovery call, right? Don't slow them down. And so if you give them that sort of that small yes, the medium yes, and the heck yes, it's not even like doing a call to action, just working it in here. Here's how we can help you. Here's another resource. And if you come with that servant's heart, I think you'll what we find and what all of our data shows with all of our clients, you know, over eight years, over a thousand different clients, that really moves people and converts them. Yeah, I think I think that that's really what's served us well and what's allowed us to grow our business. I mean, we've been in this new office for about a year, about the same time that we met, like right after we met. I moved into this new office and we grew probably 25 to 30% in revenue in that that short year because of the everything that we were doing that was focused on relationships. 
you know, it was all relational, whether it was going to the chamber events and offering people to, to be a part of our podcast, or we launched an online small business community for business owners to be able to network and, and, you know, talk to each other and share tips and tricks, launching this podcast that's providing business growth hacks to people every single week. I mean, we just went all in by being a resource first. We all sat down as a team and we said, are, are we okay with not going out and trying to sell websites and marketing and social media or whatever it may be, but instead just focusing on being a resource to the businesses in the community. And we've done that and it's paid off. You know, there's been a, a, a clear reward from that. And that's been super exciting. I think you're right. It's all about that authenticity and, you know, showing up in that way. Yeah. And, you know, reciprocity. 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 There it is. There it is. That word. You know, from doing that stuff that we've done in the community for the podcasting that, you know, the free spots we've been offering people. I mean, you're in a magazine article up there on the table right now. And I think I think it's a direct result of what we've been doing in the area. Yeah. And it's funny. We watched, like, we had a client in today they were producing a podcast for, and she, like, mm-hmm. walked in, and first thing she saw, and she, like, picked it up, was, like, looking. And it's oh, just, look like, at you. Yeah. It's just fun, you know, because yeah. people are like, oh, that's a really cool thing. And, and the story that we tell in that, even in that magazine that I was featured in, mm-hmm. is the story that I'm telling now, which is, yeah, if you want to buy a website, cool, we got it. Yeah. Right. Like, cool. We, we sell those. But if you want, a, a team of business owners that have been doing this for nearly 10 years that you just need some support and you want to ask questions. Cool. Stop by the office. Yeah. Come be on the podcast. Come listen to the podcast, right? It's a free resource that we're putting out. And uh, again, it's it's always funny when people like uh, our other, we have two Johns, John that I'm with right now. And then John, the marketer, which is our sales guy. And he was at a chamber event this morning and he said that two people waited in line to talk to him this morning. He didn't know either one of them. And they both said, we, we just wanted to take a second to thank you because your podcast is incredible. We listen to it every single week. That's awesome. And he's like, yeah, would you like an autograph? You know? <laughs> you know, kind of boosted his ego a little bit. But it's exciting to know that the, the work that we're doing is actually paying off in that way. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, what is it, jab, 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 right, right hook. hook. Yeah. And I probably, I probably missed a couple jabs. Yeah, a couple yeah, more yeah. jabs. I always looked at it as, you know, give, 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 ask, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when we met, right? You were so so friendly, so giving. We were sharing ideas back and forth. If I remember right, I asked you, how can we work together? Yeah, that's right. And it's the same thing on podcast interviews. You know, people say, well, what's the perfect pitch? There's no perfect pitch, right? And uh, pitches don't work. But if you do that same give, 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 ask, you know, listen to the podcast. Give them a rating and review. People listen, you know, they look for that. Follow them on social media. Give by sharing stuff. Then Uh reach out to them and say, I think I could give value to your audience by sharing this. They'll ask you to be on the show. That's right. And it's sort of that that, you know, reciprocity if you want to talk about it, or nobody likes to be indebted to somebody else. So if you keep giving, they're gonna give back to you. And it's a it's a paradox there, but too many people are trying to take and wondering why they don't get. It's like, why don't you just stop and try giving? So if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm thinking, okay, Tom's got some good stuff to say. Obviously, podcasts are not going anywhere anytime soon. They're important. And I'm thinking, okay, I own a business and, I, and I've been thinking about podcasting, uh, thinking about being a guest, but I don't know where to start. How does someone go about finding podcasts that they can be featured on, but not just any old podcast? Because you talked a lot today about the fact that everyone's talking about just do more, do more, do more. But how can people find quality podcasts that they could be a guest on? Well, First of all, this is where every author goes, well, I wrote a book about this. 
And I did. It was called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with a Targeted Interview Strategy. Christopher Lockhead from Lockhead on Marketing called it the Bible of Podcast Guesting. And somebody says, that's great. I'm like, well, I don't know if he liked the original Bible, right? (laughs) It could have been an insult, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you a free copy of that if you want a a copy of it. But the, the formula that we use, right, is an algorithm. And here's the four things to look at to look at any podcast. Is it going to move the needle for you? The first one is the podcast itself. So does it have your ideal listeners? And people say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at what they talk about. And also, I'll tell you that the audience tends to be like the host or aspires to be like the host, right? So if you don't mesh with the host, you're probably not going to mesh with the audience there. So uh, remember one time a a gentleman came to us and he says, I want to talk to Fortune 100 CEOs. And I'm like, okay, we can target those. And he's like, then I want to be on this podcast here. And I'm like, that's a great podcast. But do you really think Fortune 100 CEOs listen to a podcast that goes, yo, 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 this is? He's like, yeah, probably not. It's a great podcast, but not for you. So that's the first thing to look at is the podcast. And most people stop right there, right? The next thing is to look at the website right? Discoverability on podcasts is still so tough. So do they have a website? Are they linking back to you? Do they have show notes? We've got some clients that do it just for an SEO strategy. Neil Patel has talked about this and and mentioned us as a SEO strategy. So we've got the podcast, the website. The third thing is the reach, right? How many people are going to hear you? So one thing is you can look at, you know, the, the estimated downloads, but even more than that, Are they promoting it on social media? Is it the right social media? And are they promoting it to an email list? And I can think of one podcaster. It's a great podcast. He probably gets 15,000 downloads per episode. And that puts him in probably the top 5% of all podcasts. But he's got an email list of 35,000. Even if you don't listen to his podcast, every week he is emailing out who his guest was. So the final thing then to look at is brand affinity. Are you proud to be on this podcast? There's a lot of podcasts out there that, you know, I call them Wayne's World podcasts, right? Two guys in their mom's basement. And you need to be careful because I don't know if you've noticed it. When you go to a search engine and put in a company or somebody's name, often the last video that they're in or tagged in or the last podcast is there. Right, so if you're if you're a uh, a business owner and your big deals are you know six figure deals and you're dealing with conservative audience, right? Do you really want them to Google your name and find that you just showed up on? Hey, I was on the Stoner Brothers podcast. No, that will kill deals faster than anything else. So you know if, if you wouldn't want every of one of your clients to find you on that podcast, then don't go on it. And I think if you look at it through that filter, that algorithm, it makes it so much clearer. And just knowing that, uh, you know, the, the, the goal is to talk to your ideal customers, not just to talk to people. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. Just a way more targeted approach. I think that that's really important. The podcast that I've been on so far have been, you know, notable and, th- and those were really enjoyable, but I could see myself as someone who might say, okay, I'm ready to start being on more podcasts. 
just jump on anything just for an opportunity to, to just get out there and talk. But I can see now, obviously, that that could really backfire. And it especially makes sense in our, our line of business because we do have kind of a specific client that looks a certain kind of way. And if if they saw me in certain places, they would question my credibility, right? Like, does this guy actually mean what he says? And is he honest? Is that integrity there? And and so, yeah, you do have to be mindful of that kind of thing. I mean, didn't Elon Musk get like tons of crap after Joe Rogan? Like, <laughs> yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I have to share a story on that one. So right. we were working with, it, with a, a company and they were doing the roadshow to go public, right? And part of their strategy was podcast interviews to get the message out there about this company. And so I'm talking with the CEO and we do the, whenever we bring a new client on, we've got a process that we go through. And at the end of that first week, I do a walkthrough interview with them just to show them everything and jump on the the call with the CEO. And he's like, yeah, my assistant, she said that I should be on the Joe Rogan podcast. Have you ever heard of that one? And this was just after Joe Rogan passed Elon Musk a joint right mm-hmm. now granted it's it's california it's legal there and sure. everything like that yeah. elon took a took a hit and the stock price went down so i explained this to the ceo and he's like yeah that's why you picked the podcast and not my assistant he said <laughs> you get me on the joe rogan podcast i'm getting fired from my board I'm like yeah you don't want to go on with the comedian yeah 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 you've definitely got to be mindful yeah you, know? you got to be mindful just because it's reach Bigger is not always better. Better is better. Yep. So you talked, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but you talked about the fact that there's a lot of, I'm sure even clients that you work with that podcast and they're on probably great podcasts, but then they don't do much with the interviews after the fact. How can I get the most out of the episode? What what advice do you have for new podcast guests or new podcasters or whatever you'd call it, you know, to get the most out of their episodes once they've been on one? I would look at that and say, there's two things. What you want to get the most out of the episode, and then you want to set up yourself for success on future episodes. So let me break that down into two ways. First one is you go on a podcast episode, right? You've got great content right there. I I heard uh, someone proposing on a a podcast. They said, guests don't have to have social media. It's not your job to promote the, the interview. The host will do that. You don't even need social media. Well, that will hurt people, right? Because first of all, if you're not doing your share, if you don't have a following, why would they want you on? So even before it goes live, start reproducing stuff, get it queued up to go. Most podcast hosts will send you clips that you can post up there or at a bare minimum, watch it. And when they, when they send it out there, make sure that you like it, that you tag it, that you share it to your community, right? If you gave up an hour of your life in order to get in front of their audience, why wouldn't you want to do that? Some of our best clients have even done some targeted ads on the host social media, right? To stay in front of the audience there. They might do some kind of promotion with them so that they can get in there and do that. And just remember too, that this is evergreen content. So just because it came out the first of the month doesn't mean by the the seventh of the month, it's old news, right? No, 80% of downloads come in the first 30 days, but there's a long tail to that. So if a podcast did well, schedule that to continue promoting that for for months and maybe years 
that's a great way to do it. And we've got a, a whole guide that is basically, it's everything that we learned from our clients, the best practices. And give you guys a copy of that if you want to put it in the show notes or, or mention it there. That's there. So that's how to get the most out of everyone. Now, I want to do the flip side of that too, is how to not shoot yourself in the foot. So we had a, a client come to us and we only take on clients that we know we're going to get great results for. They had done a podcast guest tour before in the promotion of their last product, right? They got out on a a lot of podcasts that really worked well for them. And they came to us because they'd heard great things about Interview Valet and said, could you help us with our next product? So we did some research and talked to some podcasters and they had a bad reputation already in the market because the podcaster said, Yep, they showed up on the interview. They never promoted. They never they never did anything for the interview. And podcasters know podcasters. And they talk to podcasters. And these people had a bad reputation. So by them being a bad guest, right, they didn't get invited back. And sometimes people will go, oh, podcast guest, what's all this? Strip out the word podcast, right? What does it mean to be a great guest, right? If, if you get invited to someplace, be gracious, show up on time, be prepared. You know, if you invite me to a barbecue, I'll, I'll know how to dress as opposed to a formal dinner. All those things. Send a thank you note after somebody invites you over to their house for dinner or something like that. You'd be amazed how few podcast guests will actually follow up with a host, even by email much less sending them a note. One of the things we do for all of our clients is there's a dashboard that briefs them on every podcast, right? Here's the podcast. Here's the host name. Here's the background on here. Here's all their social media links. And we even put in there the the uh, mailing address for the host, right? If you want to make an impact on a host, just send them a thank you note. It'll go a long way. They'll promote the episode a lot more. It's those little things. And once again, people will say, well, that's not scalable. It's not scalable, but I tell you what, it's effective. That's the most important thing, right? Effectiveness, yeah. Tom, I feel like we could have this conversation for the rest of my days because podcasting has got such a special place in our heart. I mean, seriously, we've pivoted our whole business model as an agency. I mean, obviously, we still do all the normal agency stuff, websites and content marketing as a whole. But when we moved into this new space, we we actually built two podcast studios on site. And we decided that podcast production was going to be a big part of what we did for our clients moving forward. And so uh, I do genuinely feel like we could talk about this, but I know that your time is extremely valuable. And so I, I don't want to take much more of it, but I do I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of promote whatever it is that you've got. I mean, obviously you have the book and I know that that's not your, that's not your big, right? It's not your big yes. And so uh, why don't you tell our listeners how they can support you, what you've got going on. And again, man, thank you so much for all the advice you've given us. Well, John, Andrew, thank you. And here, shown behind the curtain. If if nothing else, if you just want to see how to set up the small yes, the medium yes, and the heck yes, what a welcome page looks like, here's what it is. Go to interviewvalet.com forward slash BG hacks, right? So business growth hacks. And on there, I'm going to put three things, and I talked about them already, right? So there's the the assessment, 10 questions. Will podcast interview marketing work for you? Get an answer, get some advice within just a couple of minutes. The next one, a free copy of the book, right? If you live within the States, I'll mail you the copy. If you live outside the States, we'll email it. 
I'll also put in there that guide that we talked about, the ultimate guide to promoting and repurposing podcasts. It's about 15 pages of the best practices that our clients have used. So that'll be in there. And then finally, if this makes sense to you, if you're like, wow, I'd like to do this. I'd like to see how I could grow my brand and grow my business with it. I'll put my calendar schedule and link there. So if you, if any of this, you know, could be beneficial to you, our mission is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of people they could serve. If you're one of those inspiring thought leaders that obscurity is your biggest problem, come back to interviewvalet.com forward slash BG hacks and all that'll be there. Well, you've convinced me I'm signing up. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to click the link. Let's schedule it. You're already a customer of mine. About time I became a customer of yours, right? Yeah. Hey, do you, obviously everything you shared with us was a hack today, but I feel like when we first kicked it off, you said you thought you might have at least one good example of a business growth hack you could leave with our listeners. Hacks! This hack is so obvious and so simple that most people overlook at it. I mentioned it before. The hack is, you are one conversation away. And that could be you're one conversation away from your next great client, from your next great partner, from your next great employee, right? All the best things in life come through a conversation, right? My bride didn't come through a funnel, right? It was through a conversation. Somebody introduced her. So with that, I look back, Andrew, when you and I met, it came through a conversation. You look at all the things that have come through there. So I would urge every business owner, here's the ultimate hack. It works digitally. It works analog. It works on any platform. Have a conversation, a meaningful conversation. Get out there. Tell people what you do, how you can help them. Tell the success stories from your clients, just like you're doing. Have those conversations, and people will be asking you how they can work with you. Boom. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) You did it. It was great. Tom, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Yeah. I know we went a little over an hour, I believe, but uh, I think that there's a lot of value in this episode. Like I said, I'm not even joking. I've actually been thinking about being on more podcasts lately, so I look forward to working with your team. Uh, They've done a great job of already pointing great guests for my show, and Mm -hmm. I know that they'll do the same for me. So uh, thank you again, and we will see you guys next week. Next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.